this is your host, Nisa Harris, and you are listening to Shomea Ve'ona Tehillim and Other Hebrew Text Podcast, episode 127. The following is the recitation of Psalm 116, a.k.a. Perak or Mizmor Kuftet Zayin. After the recitation, stay tuned to hear more about this Mizmor. Psalm 116 Ahavti ki yishma Adonai et koli tacha nunai ki hita azno li uviyamai ekra afafuni khavle mavet u mitsare sheol mitsauni sara viagon emtsa Uvishem Adonai Ekra Anna Adonai Malta Nafshi Hanun Adonai Bitsadik Belohenu Mirachem Shomer Petayim Adonai Daloti Vili Yehoshia Shuvi Nafshi Lim Nuchaihi Ki Adonai Gamal Alaihi Ki Hilatta Nafshi Mimavet Et Aini Min Dima et ragli midachi et halech lifnei Adonai be'artzot hachayim he'emanti ki adaber ani aniti. Ani Amarti Bechafsi Kol Haadam Kozev Ma Ashiv Ladonai Kol Tagmulohi Alai Kos Yeshuot Esa Uvishem Adonai Ekra Nidarai Ladonai Ashalem Negda Na Lechol Amo Yakar Beene Adonai Hamavta Lachasidav Anna Adonai Ki Ani Avdacha Ani Avdacha Ben 
Amataha Pitahta Lemosera Right Lecha Ezbach Zevach Toda Uveshem Adonai Akra Nidarai Ladonai Ashalem Negda Na Lechol Amo Bechatrot Beit Adonai Betochechi Yerushalam Hallelujah excuse my COVID voice. Um, I've really enjoyed learning about this psalm, so I hope you can understand what I would like to give over about it. Uh, psalm 116 continues Hallel HaMitzri in our prayers and includes the first half, which is only said when we are advised to recite what we call full Hallel, which I love how Rabbi Yaakov Trump suggests the reason for that is because full Hallel is for when we are capable of balancing both the harder, intense feelings of the first half and the good emotions in the latter half of the psalm together. In any case, during half Hallel, we would start with the more uplifting sections, starting with Ma'ashiv in Pasuk 12. It's debatable if this psalm is talking about someone dealing with a painful situation in the present, and then turning to Hashem as their source of salvation, and hoping to be able to give thanks to Hashem in the future? Or is it after the person has gotten through a difficult situation and is now reliving it, so that we can understand the thanks and the praise that he professes to Hashem? Either way, we have clearly transitioned from the national viewpoint of the previous psalm to the personal narrative here. And again, there is so much I want to share with you here, so bear with me, because I think it highlights important subconscious patterns we may have at one time or, or another. Rashi says that this psalm was said after King Shaul dies. Rabbi Yaakov Haber helps interpret Rashi, Rashi's translation of Shuvi Nafshi Limnuchaychi. There was a certain Menuchat HaNafesh, an inner peace, that he hadn't experienced until Shaul died. He didn't know how stressed he was until he felt how unburdened he was when Shaul died. Shaul, as we saw especially throughout the first book of Tehillim, relentlessly chased David and was almost successful at killing him, particularly the one time that the Radak points out in, in uh, that he relates to this psalm when the Zifim, who were supposed to be like brothers to David, betrayed him and told Shaul of his whereabouts. And he was cornered on a hill and the only thing that prevented him from being killed was that suddenly the Plishtim were attacking and Shaul had to pull his army to help his people elsewhere. But in that frenzied moment of despair, 
important side note is it uses the same language of bechafsi in a frenzied haste that we have in Pasuk 11 here, which is a rare word and why Radak probably links the two occurrences. So in that moment, he said that everyone is deceiving me. Even Shmuel, the prophet who said I would be king, had a false promise to me, right? Because he thought he was going to die. David was recalling his feeling of despair in that moment, not realizing at the time how truly stressed out he was and was recalling what he falsely enabled himself to believe was reality at that time. Now, also worth mentioning, and bear with me because it will somehow all connect, is that in Shmuel Bet, we learn of Mephibosheth, who was the grandson of Shaul and the son of David's beloved friend, Yonatan, who in his mother's state, Mephibosheth's mother's haste, there's that word again, she fell holding Mephibosheth in the battlefield, leaving him crippled, and how after Shaul died, David wanted to honor Mephibosheth's father, and gave Mephibosheth all his father Yonatan's land, and had him sit with him at his own table, only years later to feel betrayed by him, and believe the words of Shaul's servant Siva that Mephibosheth betrayed him. And then David took away the land he had given before, and instead gave it to the servant, only to find out even later from Mephibosheth that Siva made the whole thing up, for which David then isn't sure who to believe, but splits up the property. Long story cut down in two minutes, but whether you got every detail or not, the sentiment that resonates in this psalm is ki adaber ani aniti me'od. I really believed what I was saying because I was in so much pain from my troubles. In that state of stress, David believed that everyone turned on him. So the reason he believed Siva was, was because he was depressed and angry at everyone. David is justifying himself in this psalm, explaining that it felt like everyone was going against him, and he couldn't trust, and he really believed in the negative things he was saying, whether at the time of not trusting Natan, the prophet, or trusting that Mephibosheth would ever betray him. Ooh, this just totally connects me to that powerful point we made in the last psalm of how you f- your false thoughts can become your false idols and that whatever you trust becomes the controlling force in your life. David is giving us a living, breathing example of how he, even in a state where he didn't even recognize how the stress of his life was affecting him, in a fit of impulse, in the midst of despair, hastily came to false conclusions that he let control how he perceived the world around him and therefore reacted to them hastily. And he is now acknowledging those moments of despair and seeing how wrong he was to have said or pursue actions based on those beliefs. And that now he sees that there is actually good in life and in people. Okay, so this is a big deal. Acknowledging that typical symptoms of someone who has gone through trauma, even if we don't know that it's a trauma, as was mentioned, he may not have realized how stressed he was, right? We 
can expect that we may act impulsively and hastily in what we believe about others' intentions and who and what to trust, and we make impulsive moves and judgments that we may regret later, similarly to how we see David confessing in this psalm, seemingly his modus operandi and constant state of being, until it wasn't. What changed? Rabbi Daniel Friedman points out that in Pasuk 3, two different words highlight deeper meanings. Tsara, distress. Yagon, despair. Yagon can be triggered by tsar, but it's different. An enemy can make you feel in despair, like there is no hope of anything getting better. But here, David is acknowledging that Hashem not only saves me from death, but he wipes away my tears, helping me develop a sense of resilience and fortitude. How is it that David gained resilience through all his tribulations? Rashi explains that Ahafti ki yishma et koli is not just saying that David loved the way Hashem listened to his voice, but more that with all the tsarot that he went through, he began to toavti, yearn for Hashem to hear his voice. That what was being prayed for wasn't the point, but the fact that he was davening and being heard, as Rabbi Yaakov Haber points out, it was like he was addicted to the connection that praying so much provided, that emotional connection. That once it was answered and the problem was gone, he missed he missed it, not realizing how much he was almost gaining from how stressed he was from the prayer therapy sessions, so to speak. That sounds a little weird, like, okay, nice connection, but aren't you happy that the problem is fixed? So I think this highlights something very common, actually. When a person went through a trauma, whether it was big or small, again, they may not even consider it a trauma, but any event that caused them to ruminate or ha- and have angst, another expected symptom would be to miss that drama because it's what our nervous system got used to, to the point where we search for drama in other areas of our lives because that is what feels safe and comfortable and normal for us. Okay, so this isn't resilience. This sounds more like dependence. How does David's connecting to Hashem build healthy resilience? Back to what Rabbi Yaakov Haber was saying about missing the connection. He went on to say that relationship can be stained in two ways, either with please, can I have X, Y, Z, or with thank you, with hoda'a. And then the higher level, which is praise, a.k.a. halal, like we are seeing here. Right? So... The way that the relationship with Hashem helps develop that calm and regulated resilience is that David prayed, like it says in Pasuk 2, which can be understood to mean during the good times or the bad times because it was every day. Pasuk 7, can mean that he no longer was stressed, like we said before, because of Shaul's death, but it can also mean that he finally has inner peace while he has learned to now regulate his prayers, that he can have this connection with Hashem and it doesn't need to be dramatic extremes. He recognizes on one hand that 
Shomer Petaim Hashem, which, by the way, side note, is a source for why we're allowed to drive cars. It means Hashem guards the fools or the naive ones. So in times where he had false beliefs, Hashem was still still looking out for him. And that the same time, now recognizing, recognizes, he feels that he has reached Artsot HaChaim, which could be referring to the world and Mashiach. It could be talking about Israel, but it could also simply mean he finally feels present and not impulsive or responding in haste and has an inner calm and peace and has learned to feel regulated and maintain a connection with Hashem and those around him in his everyday living. That feeling of achieving inner peace where you respond the way you are proud of and you can trust yourself and your beliefs and choices and let that trust guide your life in itself can be positively overwhelming. We see the whole second half of this psalm starting in Pasuk 12. Ma'ashiv Hashem. David is wondering how can he ever repay Hashem, recognizing that just continuing to be and feel regulated as his servant, trusting in his decision to trust in Hashem in this regulated, praiseworthy state of being. all be able to reach that point where we can find peace and stability and be able to remove ourselves from addictive, higher stress, dramatic relationships, even when stable and secure people and relationships seem boring or unappealing at the time. May we be able to teach ourselves what healthy stability feels like with regular healthy connection instead of hasty and impulsive feelings in all we do. The learning and recitation for this week's episode is in the merit that my family has a refuashalema from COVID without any lingering effects. Grateful to have made it this far. Also, in honor of Yom Yerushalayim, may we be able to celebrate safely, peacefully, and happily in our homeland. episode that you would like to sponsor or if you have any questions please email me at nurseNisa1 N-U-R-S-E-N-I-S-A the number one at gmail.com also don't forget to join the Facebook group to be aware of upcoming episodes please subscribe and share thank you for joining okay.